This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment on a Monday, the day after, about 24, almost 24 hours from now, about 24 hours since kickoff, about 21 hours since, although that was a long game, maybe like 20 hours. That was like a four-hour affair. Were you there yesterday, Motsi? Um, for the pregame stuff, yes. Okay. Well, then I mean, I, I know you're always there for that. Yeah. I just didn't know if you was in the building. No, 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 man. No I prefer. No crab, no crab no, no, fries? I, I, I prefer to, you know, be able to just relax in the safe confines of my home, bathroom, drinks, everything else I need, readily available, comfy, comfy chair as well. Yeah. You know, this is the time of year, Arthur Motes, where you separate... The wackos mm-hmm. from the normies. Because mm-hmm. you know them wackos. They don't care if it's five degrees outside. No, no, no. We don't. We they call, still, call them die hard. We call them die hard. They, they, still, they still out there drinking in beers 8.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Now, that is true. That is true. Says me, the guy who was planning on leaving on Saturday at 5.30 in the morning to get down to Morgantown to tailgate for the Texas game. All I know is. I am one of those wackos. All I know is. A wise person once told me, you can't drink all day if you do not start in the morning. <laughs> I wonder who that was. You, you that notice said, what time the tailgate like started. Sounds like something Mountaineer would say. You notice what time the tailgate started now, 8 a.m., all because of, you know, a certain individual making said statement. So, yeah. Listen, you know, it could be a night game. It could be a 1 o'clock game. It could, you could be a West Coast person and the game started 9 a.m. for you. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. got to get after it, man. Let's get to some of your tweets, some of your reaction. We've had plenty uh, rolling in. At Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 is always on Twitter, is where you get at us. This is a good one from Yinzer Steve. Uh, Ask Motes, does he think Devin Bush is still playing not at 100% recovered from his injury? He's not attacking the line of scrimmage. He's waiting for the blockers to get to him. You just can't do that. Read your guards and attack. I refuse to believe Bush is this bad. To me, I don't think that is the returning of an injury thing. I mean, I get that we were using that excuse for him early on, but I mean, here we are, how many months removed? It's over a year now. If I let me do the math on this cuz it happened in what? It it's it's been slightly over it's slightly over a year right is now. Is it week 6 against the Browns last year? 7 against the Browns last is year? 6? I thought it was 6. But either way, do we have an old schedule? <laughs> Look at this. Like got a little schedule laying around in go. the studio here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. It was week six. At week home, six. it was October 18th against Cleveland. So it's been about 13 months. To me, when I watch Devin Bush, a couple of things, I think that his eyes are not good at all right now. Now, part of that, you can relate to, you know, lack of playing experience. But at the same time, he's been starting and playing a ton this season as well. So – if you're talking the first three months, as you heard when I spoke of him the first three months, that's the sentiment. You say, well, look, man, he didn't really get the full second year. These type of things happen. But he's playing a hundred or 90% of these snaps now, 95% of these snaps. He's played 29 games in his NFL career. Like, that's a ton of balls. That's so, almost two full seasons. So, to me, some of the things that he is not reading, I don't associate that with his knee. I associate that with – just his development now in terms of why that may be you could point to maybe it's a practice situation maybe you know he needs to you know 
practice harder. I, I'm not there for that, so I can't account to that. Maybe it's a study habit thing. You know, guys that watch a little bit more film, they typically see things faster, and it slows the game down for them. Whereas some of the guys who, you know, they aren't putting that type of time in, they just do, you know, X amount of hours watching tape. For them, you know, at times it's spinning. At times everything looks the same. Yeah. It's no different, I mean, when you're studying for a test, right? You could be a guy that studies for, you know, hey, I went to class, I heard the teacher tell me the notes, I took the notes off of what they said, and that's that. And you go in there and fail. Then you got the ones that they heard the teacher, they, they took the, the notes, <laughs> they read the book, then they go practice the test on themselves, they put themselves in different situations, and then when they get to the actual test, they're prepared for anything. It's no different. So not saying that Devin is example, or is professor. not doing that. I can't say what he is or is not because I'm not with him 24-7. Sure, I don't know sure. his study habits. But when I watch the tape based on my experiences, it just looks like a guy who is late with his eyes. And for me, personal experiences, that was what I associated with. My eyes were late. It was because of that. And then when I switched those study habits, now my eyes were faster. And now I was less reactionary and more anticipating mm. certain things happening. And then from there, that's just the one issue when I see Devin. The other, though, and it really showed up last or this past game, is the physicality. I mean, it's certain times where linemen are coming up on him. And granted, he's an undersized guy. But at some point, you have to be the hammer and not the nail. You can't sit back and just keep waiting, waiting, waiting for a guard or a center to come up to you. Sometimes you have to attack those guys and initiate that contact. You got to be the guy delivering the hat in hands because that's going to help you get off of guys. But because he doesn't, it forces him to either – get blocked and <clears throat> become a non-factor in the play, or he has to take the path of the least resistance, which is going back door, which by doing that, it voids his gap. So now you create a bigger hole because you were late on your initial read and then you were hesitant with your physicality, and now you put yourself out of position by trying to go around this guy the wrong way. Those are all those things that are playing together and just tackling. I mean, we – so we're all watching the same game. We're, we're seeing these same plays. And, you know, when, when certain plays in terms of run plays, guys having success scoring touchdowns, it's like, okay, I get why this guy might have missed the tackle. I get why this guy might have got ran over. But your excuse, you had probably the easiest tackle of the group. He see you, you're on his back. Just pull him. Jump on his back if you want to. But at times, the effort. It comes into question, and you hate to talk about that, especially for a guy with we that we all have such high expectations for, but you cut the tape on, and it's like, man, why aren't you running harder right there? Why aren't you doing whatever you can to get this guy down? You look at this guy's effort next to you and how hard he's playing, and then look at your effort, and you can't tell me that they're the same. Like, not me criticizing you, but just – if you watch it yourself, you can't say that you're acceptable, that that, that effort is okay when you're watching this other guy. Sometimes it just is like, that basic. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be rocket science. And that's, to me, like, what's been more of the frustrating part with Devin these past couple of games because even in yesterday's game, watching the tape again, it's like, man, I can point to a couple of players where I'm like, I like this from Devin. This is why we drafted you, Devin. But then it's other times. For as times, many as those, there's the other side of that equation. And, and that's what you can't have, especially when you talk about the resources that you give up for a player like that and how dependent we are upon you being that good. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's, it's Bud Dupree, but even more so under a magnifying glass. I would agree. Because Bud got those criticisms for being a first-round pick and all those things, but the Steelers didn't trade up into the top ten to get Correct. Bud Dupree. <laughs> Correct. When we trade up to get you 10th overall, 
Something the Steelers don't do very often. That that holds a certain level of significance. Last two guys they traded up for in the first round, Troy Polamalu, Santonio Holmes, Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP. Like, a lot it's, of expectations. It's a certain expectation. And the thing is, it's not like you haven't ever lived up or showed us that you're capable. Because, like, think about with Jarvis, right? <clears throat> because Jarvis Jones, he was a first-round draft pick here. And we had high expectations, but never once NFL-wise did we feel like, hey, man, he's showing us consistently productivity. He's showing us consistently off-the-charts athletic ability. This is why you take a guy like that. With Devin, that's not the case. With Devin, he's flashed. With Devin, he's shown some ability. And you're like – do this consistently, and we got the guy that we're looking for. Right. But the problem is the consistency isn't there, and it can and be And it hasn't for, been for him. Right, and it's like we we try to fish out different reasons to justify the different reasons to kind of give him more leniency. It's the knee. It's the knee. It's the knee. Oh, man, you know, he, he didn't have a full training. It was, it was this, it was that. But it's like, man, we can only use those reasons for so long. Eventually you Agreed. have to sit down and have the hard conversation of what are your study habits? Okay, uh, uh, why aren't you running to the ball full speed every single time? Because it's costing them. Why do you continue to backdoor plays when you're not making those plays? And by backdooring and not making it, you're putting the guys on the front side in an even bigger bind. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, at some point, you got to sit down and have that talk. Otherwise, this continues, and otherwise, it continues to bite you in the butt to the tune of 229 rushing yards. I mean, like, oh. this is crazy. The Detroit Lions, 229 rushing yards, man. Not Barry Sanders, either. DeAndre Swift, 33 carries for 130 yards. I I need to look under DeAndre Swift just to see, has he had another game where he's had 130 rushing yards? Well, you yards. know the Detroit Detroit Lions have like a seven-year streak. I remember they didn't have a 100-yard rusher, rusher in a like, single game for like six or seven years. I just need to check. I just need to check. Because it hurts me. <sighs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm just like I, I just I don't understand how we get there because I know it's not even close for this season. This season, going into the game, you know how many rushing yards he had as a high in a game? Let me know. Fifty-one. Oh goodness, fifty-one. Fifty-one. He's never had over fourteen attempts in a game this season. Thirty-three yesterday. This is like the man's was back at Georgia this playing crazy, against man. Vanderbilt. This is crazy. Like it's things like that. Them's like yo. That can't happen. That can't happen. That cannot happen. It cannot happen. Oh, I... No, I I love all of that on Devin. I do. I, I think you're spot on. And it's you and I both have listen, you can accuse us. What's Moats, what do I always like to say is my number one quality? All right. I'm very self-aware. You are very self-aware. <laughs> you can accuse Moats and I of being Devin Bush apologists. I I I would take that because I, I have it points throughout his career. Ah, he's looked really good at times. Ah, see, he's made these flash plays in big moments. Ah, well, he had the devastating knee injury. That takes time to return from. But eventually it's got to happen, man. And it's at least got to, as you pointed out, there can't be all this negative. It's one thing if you're not making the splash plays, right? But if you're just a solid tackler and you're not hurting the defense, we can live with that. We can live with it. Like when Spillane comes out there. Spillane is a solid tackler. He's going to be fundamentally sound. He's going to be in the right gap. Now, does he limit you in terms of splash? Sure. Yeah. But you know these are the things that he does well. The fundamentals. And he's going to do X's that and consistently. And there. Yep. Whereas with Devin, the ceiling is way higher. Mm-hmm. Athletic ability is through the roof. Yep. But the negativity at times, it overshadows the productivity two to one, sometimes three to one. You're just like – those things can't work like that. Um, I think of even when Ryan Shazier was here, right? 
one of the things that we would get on him early on in his career was backdooring stuff. We would tell him, man, look, if you run backdoor, you kill everybody frontside if you do not make that play. Like, it is that simple. The defense can't work if you don't make that play going backdoor. And he understood it, and from there he minimized how often he would do it, but he got smart. He said, okay, if I know this old lineman is going to climb on me fast and is going to cut my leverage off, well, why don't I just cheat over a half a step? Right. Like, little things like that, down a distance, tendencies. Shazoo was to the point where he could tell you, hey, look, man, this formation, these are the plays they run. That's what Troy did. That's what, and when you talk about getting to an elite level defense and playing at an elite level, that's what you do. It's like for me, I was simply, man, I was smart enough. I didn't have the ability like that. Most of the times, it's one or the other. You either you, you got, you the, got the smarts and not the ability. You got the yep. ability and you don't have the, the smarts or the desire. And when you get both, that's when you get Troy Paul. Absolutely. That's yeah. when you get Troy. That's when you get a guy like Shazer who is like Correct. starting to look freaky at times. Correct. But with Devin, it's just like, man, the ability is there, but you got to put it together. And because of the NFL and the contracts and the ramifications of you being a first-round pick, unfortunately, they're the going to have to make a, the, the magnifying they glass have is to make there, a decision on you this offseason. Yeah. Not in the terms of cutting you versus releasing you, but in the sense of picking up your fifth-year option or not. That's significant. We talk about Terrell Edmonds and him not getting his option picked up and how that was viewed versus Minkus. You're next. And you still have time, though. That's the thing. You still have time. Oh, sure. But you're running out of it. <laughs> I mean, there's eight games left in this season. If you get hot, man, we would all be singing a different tune. I think the Steelers, because we all want you to play well. And that's the difference, 100%. too. Because like, when we talk about Mason, I do think like with Mason, it's not always the, the underlying feeling of we want you to be successful. Some people do want Mason to fail. Correct. But with Devin, it's like, dude, the majority of people that talk about you want you to ball. They want you to be the next great linebacker. They want you to go ahead and live up to the hype and exceed those expectations. Yep. And we try to do everything we can to it. Like you said, to that sounds apologize for you. <laughs> but eventually, man, that runs out. Eventually, you got to start to produce. Mm-hmm. And that is where we are that getting. Is where we, the rubber has met the road in that regard. Especially on the heels of a performance like yesterday. Yeah. Partner, I completely agree. I couldn't have said it better. Let's get to some more of your tweets here as we close things down. CO wants to know, like he he feels like Highsmith is attacking a lot and leaving the outside boundary exposed. Like is that is that a scheme thing? Uh, wanted to know what you what you think about that. So I hinted to that earlier when we were doing Professor yep. Motes, and I said, man, the guys on the outside have to be more consistent in terms of setting edges. Uh, not just Alex TJ does it as well at times, man. When you have guys that are capable of just creating splash plays on the perimeter, right? Splash plays in the run game in terms of tackles for losses, splash games, you know, in terms of not necessarily shuffling, staying screwed on the backside of a play-action pass, but just going up and getting the quarterback. When you make those plays, it's a great feeling. Everybody, congratulations. We'll talk about your football IQ and things like that. But the reverse is when you're wrong, you put this defense in a bind. And at times, both Alex and – and the reason I say Alex and T is because if I only say this on Alex, it's going to look like it's an indictment on him, and it's not. I do think it's just more so the nature of those two guys play because they're able to create. They're able to be disruptive. They're able to make plays that a lot of people can't make out there that it gets them in trouble because it's no different than a guy like Seven, right? Man, we've seen Seven throw late across the field into double coverage and win multiple times. Well, it's all great until it's not great, right? It's all great until he gets picked. Then you're like, oh, bro, why would you do that? That's a terrible throw. It's all great to be the gunslinger, right? right, right. Everyone, oh, Brett Favre throws too many interceptions. Yeah, so like when I think of that, I'm like, 
I understand why they're doing it. My biggest coaching point would just be to dial it back a little bit or understand situationally when to take those chances. Yeah. Because I think of a week ago. Uh, That's what the great ones right, do. Right, because a week ago. feel when the time is. To- a week ago, TJ Watt, it was his second sack, the, uh, the play action pass on Justin Fields, where he just yes. runs up the field, right? Yes. Where he, like, wasn't even touched yeah, on that it's play, se- right? It was second and ten, though. So typically second and ten, you're thinking screen and draw plays, not rushing the passer. Because if you just climb up the field like that, they'll hand the ball off, start front side, and then what? just run right behind where you just left from. Yeah, whole lot of grass. TJ Watt, it worked out, but for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was red zone, so he knew, okay, they're not thinking to run this. They're thinking more so play-action pass, take a shot down here because we're about 25 yards out. So that's why he's able to avoid the tight end. He never even responded to the pull block. He didn't even look at the run fit. He went right to the quarterback, and it was a big sack, and we all praised it. But – when you flash forward a week now, it's like, man, okay, you do that. Well, this team is actually handing the ball off. Now you got issues. You try to swim the tight end. You know, you're supposed to be outside leverage. You swim the tight end to go inside, think you're going to make a splash play. Now they're able to get outside of the perimeter, and now they're running downhill, and we're hoping Minka or Edmonds can fill this hole. And that wasn't necessarily the case consistently enough yeah. with their tackling either. So – it's not necessarily the end of the world with Alex doing it, but he just has to understand situationally when he can and when he can't do it. But the thing that I would never fault him on is this. When he does go inside, when he is making these type of decisions, he is doing it 100%. He's not second-guessing himself. Because if you do it and you second-guess yourself, that's worse than you just guessing. You know what I mean? I would much rather you just go 100%. Because if you start second-guessing, not going full speed, now nobody knows how to play off you. Nobody knows how to react off of that, man. So that is the one thing I will say Alex is doing well. Julie tweets us, frustration with Minka and his shoulder tackles every time. That's something you talked about earlier as well, too. you got to wrap up. And we talk about week to week, right? A week ago, we praised him for the Justin Fields hit. He didn't wrap on the Justin Fields hit. Now you fast forward to this week. Guys at this level, especially running backs, they don't go down off of big hits. Their contact balance is too you good. You make it look good. Mason trucked that Lions player, and he's contact, a quarterback. Contact balance is too he good at this level, that, man. dude. Contact bounce is too good. You have to wrap up. You have to drive your legs. If you do not do those things consistently, you will be a mediocre tackler or a bad tackler if you're not as good as an athlete. At least Mika's a great athlete, so it covers up for some of it. Right. But it's like, man, you see it. It pops up too consistently. It's not the first game. So it, that's the other thing. It's like I'm not harping on Pat because it's the first time we've seen Pat fumble the ball. It's the first time we've seen Pat drop a quote-unquote easier pass. It's disappointing, but he is a rookie. Right. But it's like. That's the first time I've seen that. Yeah. This isn't the first time no, we've seen Minka with this tackling. With Minka. This, is mo- this has been a year or two in the making, and we've yep. seen this. Yep. So, to me, that's why I'm a little bit more critical of him, a little bit more critical of a Devin Bush type. Because it's like, man, we've seen you guys do this on numerous occasions now. We've seen you guys actually do it the correct way on numerous occasions as well. But as a whole, what you guys are doing right now, this isn't enough. Y'all are y'all are too good of players to still be doing those type of things right now. 100% agree. The lit one, Rebecca. Lit, 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 lit. I was so bumped when uh, I was so pumped when Devin was coming to Steeler Nation. I've got his jersey, feel like I can't even wear it. He's disrespecting the 55. He has to do better, period. I we all agree. I think we all agree. Sensei tweets us and says uh, this brings up a point. Does this mean that now we can finish 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one with a 500 record? Yes, it you does, Sensei. You better believe it. Told you, he ain't going to have no losing season this year, baby. And you know what? 
Let's see. I'm That's what we even, care I'm about. I'm not even saying that might be the odds-on favorite if I was going to guess what the record was right now, but that might be the odds-on favorite if I was going to guess what the record was going to be. As long be. as it brings about anarchy. That's all I care about, baby. Oh, I retweets us and says we all got to stop with the Ben slander once and for all. He still gives us the best chance to win. Rudolph is who we thought he was. I will admit, though, didn't love the game plan. Got we thought away. I thought we got away from the balanced offense that had us on this four-game win streak. I agree with that. That's something we pointed out, too. 50 times throwing the ball for Mason in that weather. I don't love that. I would have said this. If it was Ben throwing the ball 50 times, I would have said I don't love it either. I agree. I just feel I like I realize it's overtime. The game goes long. No, no, no. I, I agree. I just feel like the slander towards Mason though wasn't warranted. That's all. Oh, we both stated that at the beginning yeah. in the first segment. Mason, while he was certainly not perfect, missed some throws. The interception was bad. There was that miscommunication, that short throw where Ray Ray slipped in the end zone. That should have been an easy six. But I all that said, I think Mason played well. I know Mason played well enough for the Steelers to win the game. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> that Deontay fumble too. He completes that pass. The Steelers get one more first down. They they kick a field and, goal and, it's and not win. Even if he and we're all saying, look at that. He completed that pass. And Deontay made a play to win Clutch. the game. Clutch. And that's my thing is it wasn't as if he didn't make the pass. He completed the pass. The pass was on time. Deontay it's did what great, he was supposed to do. He, just, he fumbled it. Great great play. Right until so, the very end. So I'm like, how are we like? Do we forget those type of plays? Like that's what I don't understand. <laughs> hmm. I agree. DJ, DJ, and Jared were, you know, were coming after you for your, for your, for your, for your, uh, for your Marines and Navy slander. Come on, man! It was no Marine slander, actually. It was all love for the Marines. Well, that's true. Rudy <laughs> wants to know if your dad got got crazy for uh, the Marine Corps' birthday. Hashtag military Brett. Man, he did celebrate a little bit. Man, you got to celebrate. And I know I celebrated for him as well. Not I was gonna say celebrated with him, but I was here. He was there. But yes, yes, absolutely, man. We had to have a little grand old time. And it was funny because it was like right. It was the day before uh, Veterans Day too, man. So it was like a back to back thing. Mm-hmm. But he says military bright as well. Yes, he did. Shout out, man! Absolutely. Uh, Steeler Nation nine twenty and Wallace uh, and Wallace both campaigning more so for Cam Hayward, Defensive Player of the Year. I, uh, I mean, his play. Cause he's, uh, listen, he, you know how we feel. Steelers got to win some more games, though. But you know what's going to be funny <laughs> is is as much as I'm thinking Steelers got to win some more games, get Cam mm-hmm. some more love. Miles Garrett's getting all that love, and they won more games than the Browns. Well, so I, I will say personal experiences, man. Sometimes. It don't hurt when your team's struggling if you're a defensive well, guy. Well, that's also a good Because I was about too. to say, when I won my award, we actually had, like, our worst season ever. But, you know, sometimes you guys just ball out like that. It happens, baby. That it does, Arthur Motes. And like you have pointed out before, the Defensive Player of the Year award, it's just a, it's just an award for sack merchants. And I don't care anything else about how many times you get the quarterback to the ground. <sighs> Didn't the corner win it, like, a year ago? He did. Stephon Gilmore. Oh. Interceptions. Oh. But then again, if it was an if it was an award for interception merchants, then Xavier <laughs> Howard would have won it last season. So so maybe it's just to But the, then to, Diggs is up there right now and he is an interception merchant if I've ever seen one. It's all about the best defensive player in the year. Well then That's it's all, Cameron Hayward. You know, I thought you told me it was TJ Watt. No, I've been saying all year. It, TJ's it, been great. They say a house divided, man. Oh yeah, we we're a house divided well, right that's now. That's what's gonna hurt us. It's like yeah. some of those years like where USC had mm-hmm. like all those like Reggie Bush and Liner and then people would be like, oh yeah. is this is this is the Heisman voting gonna get split? Because you know how they're gonna say it? It's gonna be people writing us say, how can we vote for TJ? He's not the best player on this defense. 
And niggas, well, how can we vote for Kim? He's not the best player, player on this defense. defense. Yeah, we're house divided right now, man. How can we say definitively who our defense player is when we don't even know definitively who the best player on our defense is? Think about it. You know what? It's weird. Think about we, it, how that we works, man. We do this as sports fans. Like, we just look at our own front yard and complain, yeah. right, about the landscaping that we need to do. But what? Yeah, why does that always apply to Pittsburgh teams? Yeah, yeah. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin can never win anything because the other one was too good. Great. <laughs> I never heard anybody using that against Tom Brady when he had the best coach ever for 15 years. I never heard anybody using that against Tom Brady when they want him to win the MVP this year when he's got a freaking loaded offense. But has there ever been a year where Brady and his coach won their awards at the same time? That's a good question, actually. Because Belichick to, doesn't I win. Was, didn't he only win once he or twice? Yeah, he doesn't win a lot of coach of the year. You yeah. can't win coach of the year if you've got mm-hmm. good expectations and good yeah. players. You've got to like do the Stefanski and have a team yeah. that went from crap to to, to going to the playoffs. People like storylines. Blame the media. Blame the media. But blame you people. You know why? Because you are a historian. You always come up here with some history. Blame me. People like history. They like the man. The, the no, first you know time in thirty years he was able to lead this team to victory. You know who I'm blaming? That's what they want to do, man. I'm blaming. The Bill Polians of the world, uh-huh. the Doug Whaley's of the world, no. the Carson Palmers of the world. Uh-huh. The, it, not Arthur Motes, but I tell you what, it's the former NFL guys turned media who were always uh-huh. the ones really doing this BS. They were the ones who started all that Mike Tomlin to USC stuff. That's odd. But I then jabronis mean, like me who get know? blanketed as the media even though I talk behind well, a microphone and make kissing the, your sister well, jokes. The, the reason I say that is because like I'm, uh, you, you bring you know, up working Tom for Brady. CNN or Fox News out here. You bring up Tom Brady. I mean, I was playing while Tom Brady was, you, so I could have been a guy on microphone doing all these things. That's a good point. That's all I'm saying. You could now, though. But the damage is already done. I blame Doug, yeah. and I blame Bill. Comfort Former NFL seeker. executives starting all these rumors and all this nonsense. Comfort seeker. Still City Champs had said, uh, got to give a shout-out to a couple guys, uh, Loudermilk, Norwood, and Edmonds oh, from yeah, yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Norwood played really well. I was, I'm, I'm, yeah, I like I'm more encouraged game. about him than I have been at any point this season. Um, we got a couple tweets too, Motsi. Uh Keith tweeting us. I know I saw a couple of these earlier. Uh, wondering, you know, head-scratching decisions on what's going on with the usage of Zach Banner. Do you think it's time to to get him out there? Well, I mean, he was in helmet yesterday. I think he did just special just teams. Special if I remember teams, I believe, and correctly, and maybe but, um, yeah, field goal, special teams. Yeah, what else I mean by special yeah, teams? Yeah, yeah, just field goal. But um, I don't think they would address him if if Ben doesn't have COVID. Honestly, I think that that was a part of it in terms of like the roster move and things like that. I don't know how they're handling it. Um, initially, I thought it was, you know, you're taking your time because he's coming back from injury. But now I, I just don't know. I don't know. <sighs> There's a lot of that going around today. Yeah, I, I mean, are we leaning on just the continuity up front because we've said. Even though we thought the group has been playing better, we still thought the tackle position was position that needed to be addressed. 100% so, agree. Yeah. Might uh, still need to be. That's yeah. another thing we'll be keeping an eye on over the next eight weeks. That's the truth. Uh, we got about a minute left here, Motsi. Let's run through some of these rapid fire. Wallace says positives, Norwood and Edmonds. Uh, and I thought Derek Watt was, was, a, was, was really good on special teams. Yeah. Awesome tackle on that opening kickoff return. Uh, Watt, Juju, Ben Hayden, Okorafor. Um, wants to know, what grade would you give play calling for yesterday? As a whole, like offense and defense, yeah. collectively. Mm. If we were going collectively, I'm giving them a C minus. I nah, thought I that say, in the second like half, half man. Well, and part of me is this, right? I always have an issue when we're critiquing the play calling. 
when we're having to do it in the midst of self-inflicted wounds in the sense of like this. How can I say the defense has had bad play calling when they had guys in position? Guys were making tackles. It's hard for me to fault the offensive play calling when you got drops, when you have fumbles. So and when you I, probably had to redo the whole you know thing I mean? on Saturday <laughs> yeah. night. So that's my only yeah, thing. It's point. like it's hard for me to like go harder than that. It's a good point. Because also I'm asking myself, if I'm at Canada, how much do I trust? How much do I trust Mason Rudolph? The one thing that I really come back to is that that end of game situation, first and goal, and and they throw the ball instead of giving it to Najee. Yeah. But other than that, I I think I'm with you. What Juju Ben Hayden the core for also wants to know. Now, see, this is the real question. When people get change back from a cashier, okay. do you want the change in your palm first and then the bills, or do you want the bills with the change on top? Now, see, this whole. Oh, I feel like this is important. you're more passionate. So you, you 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 lead this. I one like off. the change first and then the dollar bills because everyone does the bills and then the change on top. Mm-hmm. But like if you're at a fast you know, Moats and I are big McDonald's guys, you okay. know, if you're getting it at McDonald's a lot of times you get into the changes rolling around on top of the, the, the dollar okay. bill or the five dollar bill. I don't like that. I want to change in my palm first. I'm trying I usually don't use cash. <laughs> I don't. Because first off, man, I like to go digital. I'm more of a swipe my card. I don't use cash a ton either. I'm not a cash guy. But I used to a lot more when I was younger, yeah. and I'd spill change all over the place at the McDonald's drive thru. I don't have an issue. You don't have a hot take either I way? I really don't. That's all right. Well, you got my answer. As long as, long as my money's good. <laughs> Just, yeah. Make, make, sure my, make sure the change is correct. Because, I mean, we can complain about coins versus dollars, and then they short you on the coins. You'd be like, hey, man, wait a minute now. So, yes, as long as the count is correct and accurate, man, they can put it over they want to put it. Steelers man seven. When is a team loses a team? I'll take mustard on my stink sandwich on to next week. I like it. I like. I was actually going to ask you a question going back to the cash thing, though. Mm-hmm. Are you a type of person, like, if you're pumping gas, mm-hmm. do you have to end it on zeros? Used to be, but not anymore. Okay. I just fill that fill that jaw up, and then so I you just risk click, people it status. Co- click it a couple <laughs> extra times. Risk people status. I hear you. Well, say, look, man, my bank roll big now, man. My bank roll big, man. I ain't worried about them zeros because that is something that I do see a lot of people like. I know I got family members that are like sticklers for that. Like it has to end on a zero or or 50. A couple more quick ones real quick. Francis says overreaction Monday. The Steelers will never win again. They couldn't even beat Pitt right now. (laughs) But they wouldn't lose again because they couldn't even lose to the Lions. Ha ha. Uh, Thrash tweet just started out my weekend Very successful fishing trip Only to come home to watch that crap fest on Sunday Oh Thrash, hopefully you weren't watching Me and you both had crap fests from our schools on well, Saturday I got a question too. though, I got a question though Wes uh-huh. Why is it that I feel like the tone for a tie Is, you know, this Because low. they're oh, if, if we would have just tied Even a team that's like the Kansas City Chiefs Another team that's struggling uh-huh. and up and down It would be different If we would have just tied the Minnesota Vikings it would It's because they're 0-8 and, and they're the Detroit Lions Oh man I just, oh. Even without having your quarterback the night before the game I agree with you that it's not It's not Alabama versus South Central Northern like, like, University are, like, Mississippi Tennessee here, State University yeah. College uh, The way it played out too you know, the fumbles, some of the stuff on defense. I understand why people are frustrated. I do. I get it. I'm more emotional than Arthur Motes is, though. Uh, good news here to end the show. How about this? There we go. Adam Schefter just tweeting. Uh, shout out to Wallace for bringing this to our attention. 
Uh, TJ's MRI results, negative. Good. So good news. It's uncertain if he'll miss any time. He's obviously still sore, but all things considered, positive result today for TJ and for the Steelers. Really good. Very good news. That's the most important news we needed. That is the most important news we needed. Even if he maybe misses a week, it sounds like it's much more short-term than than long-term. And that is certainly very important because you still got eight games left and you Mm -hmm. are going to need Trent Jordan out there for sure. Motsi, this was fun today. As always. Good stuff as always. Thanks to Arthur Motes for co-hosting, for being here to lay it down in the classroom as always put, on put Monday. Put me on negative duty. Jeez. <laughs> and, uh, and a big shout out, a big thank you as always to everyone on the tweets, the power grid, the megawatts. We know you, we, uh, you know we love yins, and uh, we appreciate the heck out of you. Let's do it again on Wednesday. No show tomorrow, remember, because it is Mike Tomlin Tuesday. But we'll be back on Wednesday. Arthur Motes, host Wednesday. You know where to find us. It's always high noon on your 24-7 Home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.